This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 77, Setting Goals and Moving Forward. Happy New Year, guys. This time of year is perfect to reflect on the past, especially the past year, and project ourselves into the future so we can envision and create what we want to experience. Did you feel like 2020 was a year of ruined plans? I know I kind of felt like that at times. So if you did, really now's the time to take control back, to dream again, and to start to rebuild. We started to talk about this in episode 76 with Elena Brower about envisioning the future. And today I wanted to go a little bit deeper into once we envision, how do we set those goals? For today's episode, I don't have a guest. I'm taking the spotlight. I got so much good feedback on my solo episode, which was number 73, Yoga, Chronic Pain and Mental Health. So I decided to do a little bit more regular solo episodes. So just once in a while, I will take the mic just to myself. So today's episode is kind of a skeleton or a teaser for the work we'll do in my five-day New Year group coaching challenge that's starting on January 8th. So I took this huge thing that I teach over five days and boiled it down to the most important concepts so we can go over and you can have a general idea of how we set goals and how we move forward in, you know, more or less 30 minutes here today. So if after listening to this episode, you really want to dive into this work, but you feel either overwhelmed or you want support through the transition, you just don't want to do it alone, but maybe you can't afford one-on-one coaching, then I would invite you to join us for my New Year Group Coaching Challenge. And you'll have my support through this whole thing and you'll have the community and it will all be at a fraction of the price that if you were to do it by yourself. So together, we'll get clear on your intention, on your priorities, on where you are, where you want to go, who you are even. We'll dig into that a little bit. We'll look at the areas of your life where you need to set your attention and really focus on. We'll set goals and look at what kind of goals and how we set goals and setting goals that really move the needle towards what you've been longing to experience. And then we'll plan step-by-step for you how to get there and we'll give you support so you cultivate momentum and motivation and you do not self-sabotage. So there's definitely a lot of stuff and I'm going to touch on all of these little things today um, just as like an intro and then we can dig in more fully later if you join us. So if you want to know more, you can visit ericabelanger.com, my website. You can sign up there as well. And you can also just send me an email at erica.belanger at gmail.com. If you like this podcast in general and you want to continue to get inspired and learn even more, you can do that with a premium subscription. As a member, you get early access to regular episodes, you get a ton of exclusive audio and video content, and for this episode, you get a workbook to work along or to follow along, and the ability to request the exact kind of episode you need so you can continue to deepen your practice. This subscription is on Patreon, so you can also contribute to the community because Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that enables fans, so people like you, to support creators like me in sharing everything that yoga has to offer with the world. Sounds good, right? If it does to you, you can visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat and become a premium member. It starts at just $5 a month, so it's really affordable. And at the same time, you support me in the creation and the production of this podcast, so I really appreciate your support. All right, let's get to today's episode. Hey guys, 
So today we're looking at the energetic process of renewal, of new beginnings, and of setting goals and moving forward. So for me, that comes into kind of three big buckets or three categories of things we want to look at when we do that. The first big category is what I call contextualization. So knowing where you've been, knowing what you've learned from the past, and observing where you are now. So really you have an idea of where you are now before you move forward. The other thing you want to do before you move forward, and that would be your bucket number two or your big category number two, is a release, a practice of letting go. So releasing what doesn't serve you anymore, maybe it's a practice of forgiveness, it's anything that removes that ball and chain that is kind of keeping you from moving forward. And then the last part is the actual envisioning, planning, and moving forward. And that will come also into other little pieces of that puzzle that come together. For me, there's a need to cultivate courage and confidence. There is a need to open yourself. So not only like opening your heart and opening your mind, but opening your perception and the potential or the possibilities of choices you can make. And then there's the actual action of setting goals And the last piece would be momentum and self-sabotage. So balancing both of those two things. So those are the three things with little sub-subjects we're going to touch on today. So the first part, as I said, contextualization, where you are, what have you done in the past that has worked? And what have you done in the past that has not worked? So one thing I would suggest you to do is make a list of your biggest victories of the last year. So whether that's a realization, an accomplishment, maybe it's something you completed finally, a new habit, a new routine you installed in your life, anything that you would have liked someone to acknowledge like, hey, good job. I saw that you did this. So acknowledging that for yourself and also taking a moment to celebrate however you want to celebrate. It's really, really important to actually celebrate milestones. So before we move into the new year and we set new milestones and new goals, kind of closing up on the ones that are done, closing up on the ones that need that acknowledgement and that celebration so we can be interested and motivated to move forward into the next ones. So once you've made your list of biggest victories and you've celebrated, then I would reflect on how did you get there? So what helped you accomplish these things? What are the things in the year or in your life, whether it was a thought pattern, or it was a conversation you had with someone, it was some choices you repeated again and again, it was a particular action, a particular routine, the support of someone or of something a new habit. Sometimes it's even something you started, like a new habit, or something you stopped. So you stopped doing. Anything, I would make a list, anything that helped you get accomplished last year, that helped you achieve anything you wanted to achieve, because those are the things you're going to want to repeat. Those are the things that work for you. And we don't want to reinvent the wheel every time. We don't want to You know, it's way too overwhelming to just think like, I have to rethink everything I'm doing. No, there's so many things you're doing right already and that are working really well for you. So take a moment to find what those are, acknowledge them, and then have them aside as strategies to reuse in the upcoming year or for your upcoming goals. If you're not doing this episode and it's the beginning of the year, you might be listening to this at another time. 
you don't have to wait to the beginning of the year to put new goals in. Any point in your life where you feel a little stuck, where you feel a little stagnant, when you feel like you're ready for something more, or you're feeling discontent in when you are, that's a time to set goals. So looking just backwards a little bit to what is going to help you as you reproduce it for the future. So once you know what are your biggest victories and how you got there, the third part of contextualization is the opposite. So what slowed you down? What stopped you from accomplishing some other things? Maybe there's some things you didn't accomplish in the last year or in the last few years that you've been wanting to do. So, and think of things that are in your control, right? Don't think of like, well, COVID, COVID stopped me from doing everything this year. Maybe it's your desire to control the world that stopped you from doing things because you were so attached to the idea of what you had planned. So really flipping it into responsibility and seeing your side of it and making a list again. What are the things? Is it thoughts? Is it conversation? Is it choices, action, support, routine, habits? Whatever it is, finding the precise things that did not help you, that actually slowed you down and stopped you. Because just like we want to repeat the things that worked, we don't want to repeat the things that don't work. Those are not useful. So those are the kind of things you're going to want to let go and push aside for now. They might be useful for other things. They might have really helped you in the past, but for this particular type of goal, it's not doing it. So contextualization, step number one. Step number two, it's that process of letting go. And now you have an idea of some of the things you want to let go, but there's definitely more that you need to dig in. So as we practice that letting go, it's like we create that fresh start energetically. As we forgive the things we need to forgive, we also give ourselves kind of a fresh breath to be like, okay, now I can go on. So the idea here is that there's many ways you can practice letting go. One way might be physical movement and breath. So a yoga practice, a pranayama practice are ways that you can really move energy in that way. So in yoga, things like twists and core work might really help you let it go. Or in the breath, as simple as when you're breathing out, you're imagining that you're letting go of something with the breath. Right? So just sitting down and having a really simple practice like that can be actually really potent. Another way would be like through meditation or through the symbolism of actually letting something go or die. So you can do a really nice meditation where once you're really settled, you go into a bonfire. And in that bonfire, you throw and you burn all the things you need to let go of. And if you don't want to do that kind of meditation, you're more like of a tactile person, you can very well write down on a piece of paper those things you want to go and physically burn them to ashes. Uh, if you don't want to set your house on fire, maybe you put them through a shredder or maybe you rip them apart. Or if you live by the beach, maybe you go to the beach and you write it in the sand and you watch the wave take it away. Really finding a ritual that feels good, that is simple, and that symbolizes letting go for you. That will be my next step. And we want to be releasing the things we don't need. And you might have some ideas from that contextualization part, but there's probably more than that. So you can make a list of anything that feel like it has stopped you in a way and it might be emotional like fear doubt confusion it might be like we mentioned before like that desire to control the world it might be unhealthy habits and it's not about writing like unhealthy habits and then 
burning that. But what is a habit that is not supporting you? Let's say you're trying to lose weight and you have this habit of watching TV while you eat and being kind of a zombie and not paying attention at your food. Well, that's not the greatest habit if your goal is to lose weight. So that would be like an, a habit that you can let go of or work towards letting go of. Also, I would consider thought patterns. So, and again, you're not going to write thought pattern and then release that. Can you be precise? What kind of thought pattern do you have regularly knowing that most of our thoughts, about 85% of our thoughts are repetitive. So what's a thought pattern that you repeat often that actually brings you down? Is it like a feeling of being victimized and you have a thought pattern around that? Is it, you know, there's so many possibilities. Is it just negative self-talk in general, like thought patterns around not being enough, not being lovable, being different or not belonging or having to hold it up together for everyone else or whatever are the stories you tell yourself. Some stories are helping you and some stories are not helping you. So finding those and those are the kind of things you can let go of. All right, so that's your process of letting go. Then we have the moving forward, setting goal part of this equation. And in that third section, I had four little pieces. So first was cultivating courage and confidence. Now, cultivating courage and confidence, it's not that easy. And it takes it takes that when you move into making new decisions and taking new paths and taking rest to try something different if you continue to do the exact same thing as before, you'll get the same results. But to do something different could be really scary because now we don't know the outcome, right? We don't know what it's actually going to take. So you have to remember that confidence is not a thing you have or you don't have. And a lot of people think that and that mindset, that like non-growth mindset might be something that's stopping you. But it's a skill, really. It's a process. And as a process, it's a combination of action that come in a sequence. So the sequence goes like this. It starts with commitment, then courage, then capability, and then it finishes with confidence. So commitment is that decision to do the thing, right? It involves dedication and involves showing up. So really making that promise to yourself, I will do this thing. And then courage is not particularly fun. It means to do something that scares us, to get out of our comfort zone. It's a way to prove that you are, in fact, committed to what you need to do. And this is the hardest step of the four. It's the step that no one really wants to take, if we're being honest. We all kind of wish that we could just jump to capability right away, right? How many times have you tried something new and you were kind of discouraged because you didn't feel capable, you didn't feel talented in it or like you thought it was just not for you but the action the decision to continue even when you feel like that that is courage so commitment and then courage the third point is capability capability is as you start to show courage as you start to take action as you start to create repetition you're gonna try you're gonna fail you're gonna try you're gonna fail and this cycle really builds your capability you become more able to do the thing, you become more knowledgeable about it, and as you learn, you get better, and so it takes less and less and less courage. And over time, the better it gets, the more comfortable you get, and that's where confidence starts to build naturally. On the other side, 
of fear, on the other side of doing the hard thing, on the other side of courage, there's that confidence that brings you freedom. So you can't expect to find confidence right from the start when you do something different and something new. That's not the way it works. You have to work the process. And it's not a one-time thing. It's kind of a spiral work, a cycle that you have to get through continuously as you set new goals, as you try new things, and as you work towards accomplishing them. So you have to make a choice. You have to take the hard action to kind of validate that choice. You have to repeat and learn, and then you will grow comfortable in it. So this is a really important part of the process of moving forward and setting goals. The second step of moving forward for me is opening yourself, opening to new information, opening your heart, opening your mind, your perceptions. Those are all things that would actually stop you from moving forward. So creating that space within and that space might come from reflection and there's other places it might come from, but this is where I'll start with you today. The first thing I would reflect on is finding what you really want. And that seems like a really simple question, but it's actually really hard to answer truly and authentically and like really know what we want sometimes because we are conditioned by our family, by our culture, by our partner, because we feel like there's expectations, there's things we should do or we should be at in our life, but it might not actually reflect what exactly you deep down in your heart and your soul want to do. So to understand what you really want I suggest to look at a few different things, four to be exact. One is your values. So I would encourage you to make a list of your top 10 values and then, really hard piece here, order them in importance and be really honest. No one is going to look at this list, but you'll need it later. And if you're really honest, it's going to be more useful. So think of something like money. Sometimes people have like this really uncomfortable feeling about money, but it's actually a value that is very important for them. And they might, you know, have it in their top 10. And then when they put it in order, they're going to put it like at the end. But in fact, it's like number two or three or four. And it's something that drives them in life. And if you know what are their you know, the top few things that really drive you, that's going to help you in your motivation and it's going to help you in how you're going to set the goals and what you're going to orient the focus to be. So your values are super important because you're going to feel like you're doing something that actually serves you if it's aligned with your values. Other than your values, I would encourage you to connect to your intuition. The intuition is the ability to acquire knowledge without the rational mind. So really connecting to what you need, not from a mental place, basically. And every time you listen to your intuition, you strengthen your capacity to connect with that intelligence and the clarity of the message just gets better and better. And there's many ways to get in contact and to solidify your connection with your intuition. There's meditations, there's exercise. If you listen to the podcast episode two, all the way at the beginning, we talked about intuition and there's a lot of tricks and tips. And then if you're a Patreon member, there was an episode on a meditation to access your intuitive mind. So you can also look at that. I think it was number 14 on Patreon. So that's an option to help you get there. Of course, in the course, we would go much further than this, but just intuition alone, we can talk about this for hours. So I'm just planting a seed. I'm planting a lot of little seeds and hoping that little, maybe one or two will come out of the ground for you today. 
the third part after value and intuition, the third part that will give you information on what you really want is your passions. And isn't that a challenge as well? Finding what you're passionate about sounds just like, tell me what you want. It's really simple. You should really know it and be connected with it. And it's not, it's really not that simple. And for some people, they have like one really precise passion and all their life revolves around that. For other people, they have many different passions that they juggle. But the idea to find what you're passionate about is to reflect on when are you led by curiosity and excitement? What do you do in your life that excites you, that brings you pure joy? What are you always interested in learning about? Those are all cues and clues to help you find what is it you're passionate about? What topic, what activity takes a lot of your mental energy, your conversations with people, your browsing history, right? If you look at your books, your magazines, your TV choices, even your credit card statement, notice any themes like what is showing up that might be a clue on what it is you're passionate about. And then those can come together and I would make a a list of what are some things I might think I'm really passionate about. And then the last piece is purpose. And that is also such a big part. And it would take so much time for me to walk you through all the possibilities of how to find your purpose. But I will say two things. The thing you need to know about purpose is that, in my opinion, we're all here to fulfill our unique talents, our unique abilities. And when we express our unique self, so when we do that, we serve our purpose. We fit into like the ecosystem that we're part in. And if you discover what is giving you joy, what is allowing you to serve and make a difference in other people's life while using those unique talents, that is your purpose in a really short kind of explanation. So think about the things that bring you passion, right? Or that cultivate passion, the things that bring you joy, the things that you do that make a difference or how you'd like to make a difference in people's life or how you would like to make a difference in people's life. And put that together with your unique talents and ability, the things that maybe you're naturally good at or that you've done a lot and you feel really confident and really capable. So values, passions, purpose, they're really the key to know what you want because what you want will be aligned with those three things. And then when we bring intuition as a way to get information that's not from a mental process, I think we get more clear, more true information that again is not influenced by our conditioning. So once you know what you want, then it's time to start setting goals. Now setting goals on its own, it's also this really big process. The first thing I want to ask you to think about is what kind of goal you would set, right? So you want to set a goal or a few goals that would be fulfilling for you. What does that mean fulfilling for me? That means that it's the place where you meet passion and purpose. So if your goal is grounded in what you're passionate about and what gives you purpose in life, that's a fulfilling goal. That's a goal and when you're done, you're going to feel so good about it. Second aspect or type of goal that I would focus on setting is a goal that you feel aligned with. And that might seem really simple, but 
Oftentimes we set goals because of the conditioning of things that we think we should do. And then it's really hard to actually move forward. And it's really hard to get them accomplished because deep down, we're actually not that interested in that goal. So really setting a goal that is truly aligned. And this is where values are going to come in. So a goal that will bring you closer to the things that are important for you in life, no matter what other people think, and intuition. So to be aligned, if you get out of your mental and the shoulds and the thinks, and you really feel it from inside, you feel what your body is telling you about it, you feel what your energy is telling you about it, it will be a goal that, again, when you finish, you're going to feel so proud and so connected to and so motivated to just go in that direction. And then I would consider to do a goal that is big enough to create change because ultimately that's what you want, right? You're not creating a goal to have the same result. You're creating goals because you want to move forward and change something. So the goal has to be big enough to make a difference. But at the same time, it has to be small enough in a sense to be doable. Not in the sense that, you know, you have to think small or, you know, not aim big. Not in that sense at all, but in the sense of... You have to stay in the realm of possibility in the time frame you're allocating yourself. So don't set a goal of like, I'm going to cure cancer by next week. Like that's not realistic. And it's not shooting small to not do that. So think about that. Big enough to create change and small enough to be possible in this reality. It's also super important to have a goal that you can break into milestones. So if you break it into small pieces, those milestones are super important because they are the key to momentum and motivation as celebration of those milestones will make a huge difference in your desire to continue. We are, as human, wired to be rewarded when we do something good. And it's a really big part of our motivation system. So it's super important to give that to yourself. And we'll come back to that at the end. Just consider that your goals have to be able to be breakable in small pieces because if your end goal is six months down the line, it's really hard to stay motivated for six months before you finally get that reward, that dopamine hit of, yes, I did it, right? So if you break it down and you get rewards more often, then you stay on track more easily. And then for it to be breakable, it's also something that has to be tangible and that has to be measurable. Otherwise, how are you going to know that you actually achieved that milestone? So finding ways that your goal is precise enough that you can observe the result, you can measure the result, or you know, you can really see what is going on. So it's not something super vague that is impossible to measure. The last thing I would suggest when we want to set goals is to set goals per areas of our life. So instead of setting general goals, is looking at areas of your life that need attention. So is it your health, your fitness? Is it your relationships? Is it your finances? Is it your home life? Is it your partnership? Like relationship, maybe it's friendships, maybe it's family. So finding the areas and then being pretty precise in those areas on what you want to accomplish within that box, let's say, or within that context. And as you do that, I would encourage you to write down and describe what is your vision of the optimal thing. So let's say that you want to work on the area of your life that you feel needs attention is your partner relationship, your loving relationship. Then what is your vision of an optimal partnership? 
right? What would that look like, feel like? What would you experience? So really focusing on the energetic and the feelings instead of the precise outcome. You know, it's not like, I want my next partner to have brown hair and measure six feet tall. That's not really what I'm talking about. But what do you want the relationship to feel like? Um, whether it's the current or if you're looking for a future relationship. And then focusing on the things you may have a part in, control in. And that might be really confusing for something like relationships. But of course, it's a dance between two people. So thinking of what are your participation and how you want to show up in that relationship too is really important. And I'm giving the relationship example, but it could be any area of your life. It's just so we talked about one here and today. We will spend more time on this, obviously, in the program, but here you have a really good starting point, right, of how to set goals. And then I like to set goals per shorter amount of time, you know, like maybe a quarter of the year per three months or something, and then reevaluate. And there's also different ways that you don't have to set goals for a year. You could. There's two ways I like to do it. I like to either set goals for like 30 days, three months, six months, a year, two years five years, like have this really big plan. But of course it gets a bit vaguer as it gets further away. And then every kind of part, you can stop and rethink and readjust your goals as you go. There's things that you're going to have done. There's things that you won't have be done. You readjust as you go. So there's a setting up for as long of a time as you want, but then also coming back to it regularly. Now, the last thing I want to talk about um, on this subject is momentum and self-sabotage. And I'm not going to go into a ton of detail in this episode because I could talk for hours about both of those things, but I want to give you a few things to consider, more than we already talked about. So one way to stay on track is to attach meaning to your goal. So why do you want to do X? Instead of just being, my goal is this, and then leaving it to be, why do you want to do that? Why does that matter? How will that bring value to your life? How will that bring more purpose, more meaning? Why is it important? That is super, super important to be clear on because when we get into a place of being demotivated or you know, we hit a bump in the road or things are not going quite as we hoped, to remind ourselves of our why is just a natural force, a natural momentum that pushes us because it's not about accomplishing the goal, it's accomplishing the goal because of the benefits it will bring in your life. And benefits are what are driving us in a way. They're like under or they're hidden, but being clear on them will give you so much more power into wanting to continue. So get clear on why for each of your goal. Then, as I mentioned before, you got to celebrate your milestones. It really helps with motivation. And most of us learn that pattern, right? When we do good, we get rewarded. When we do bad, we get punished. So to reward yourself is really, really helpful. Now, there's different types of reward. There's internal reward and external rewards. And external rewards have actually been studied quite a bit and show that they work in the short term, but they don't really work in the long term. And that means like like a gift, right? Um, that would be like you're getting something external of outside of yourself to motivate you. 
the best way to really reach your potential and continue and stay motivated and stay on track is take the time to celebrate your milestone by giving you an internal reward. So that's a little bit more challenging than giving yourself a gift, but it's about taking the time like slowing down, stopping, and taking the time to really feel that satisfaction, especially if you were aligned with purpose, with value, with passion, feeling that satisfaction, feeling the happiness of the achievement, feeling how proud you are. And maybe it's about telling someone or writing about it in a journal, really celebrating in length with your values, in length with the awe of you accomplishing something and moving forward and noticing how it makes you feel. Maybe you feel lighter in your body, in your energy. Maybe you feel happier. Maybe that night you sleep so well, right? Maybe you're experiencing new positive emotions. The reward is to notice those things. And that might feel like it's not the greatest reward, but I promise you, as you do it, it actually creates such a shift internally that it has much more power than if you're like if I achieve this goal I'm going out to a fancy restaurant because once the fancy restaurant is over then it's done but the feeling of joy once you've connected to that the feeling of being proud the feeling of celebration that can stay within you for a very long time so internal reward and then Another thing that really helps over time, especially for goals that are long-term, that are not just going to take you a few days to achieve, is establish new routines and new habits. And that too is a huge thing. You'll find books and books on habits and routine, but anything new you want to add to your life, you have to think that it's not like a magic pill thing. Everything like this is little by little by little. We're adding on layers of layers of layer. It's tiny little pieces that come together that create this big thing in the end. So the best way to do that is routine. Because when you create a habit, you're going to repeat that same new action every day. And then it gets not only easier, like brushing your teeth. You don't have to think about it in the morning. You don't have to battle with yourself like, oh, I don't want to brush my teeth. No, you just do it. Like it's one of those things that is so integrated that you don't have to think about it. And you want the thing that are going to move you forward towards your goal to become automatic like that. Because then you don't need motivation. You don't need will. It's just part of who you are. So it's about changing the way you identify in linked with the goal versus of only focusing on the actions that you need to take. Because if you're only focused on the actions that you need to take, it always feels effortful. But if you make it part of who you are, make it part of your life, then it's going to become much more automatic and much more easy. So let's say you have a goal of running a marathon and every day you have this calendar and every day you're going to go out and run X amount of miles or X amount of kilometers, depending where you are in the world. And you're doing it and you're like, oh, I've never been an athlete and this is so hard. And right, this is very different than if you set your mind to now I bring into my life, I create my life around the fact that I'm acting like an athlete. I'm becoming an athlete, 
right? So that new identification, that shift of perspective around who you are is going to help you take all the steps you need, not only in running, but in nutrition and in recovery and in sleep. All of these things are going to get easier because it becomes part of you instead of becoming or staying on a to-do list. So establish routine, establish habits, and make it part of who you are, your identification. I just mentioned rest and sleep and recovery. And so that's the next point. The next point is you have to take care of yourself. You have to take care particularly of your nervous system. And that might feel like really weird and out there and absolutely not in link, but the nervous system is at the origin of your thoughts and of your choices and your action. So working on regulating the nervous system is really a key to long-term change and repetition of positive thoughts and positive behavior because it's going to come from that place of feeling rested, not feeling overstressed, not feeling overwhelmed, right? They say that, especially in addiction, that it takes about 12 hours. There's about 12 hours between the moment of making a choice and what actually started that trigger, And so when you get to the choice, it's really hard now to use tools to be like, oh, I'm not going to take that choice, that decision. But if you keep your nervous system in check, the 12 hours before, right, the a bit longer time behind, you're going to start to see little clues that hmm, you're going down the wrong path. So before you have to be faced with a decision that is really hard, If you stay in touch, if you keep your nervous system relaxed, then it's going to be easier. You're going to catch yourself earlier before you self-sabotage. So that's part of how to not self-sabotage. And then the other part of how to not self-sabotage is to continue with really focus and presence and awareness, continue to stay aware of the obstacles you put in your way. And those are all the things that you listed in the beginning where what you know stopped you in the last year or in the last years, what do you put in your own way? What are the thoughts? What are the people? What are the behaviors? What are the routine? What are the things you don't do that you would need to do? What are those obstacles that you put in your way that you continue to do despite wanting a different outcome? So as you stay aware of those and you use commitment and courage again and again, it will get easier to make different choices. And now that's a really like really simplistic way to look at self-sabotaging. But of course, again, I could speak about self-sabotaging for hours. So just planting a little seed of what, in my opinion, is and looks like when we talk about self-sabotage doing the thing that you know is not good for you, right? So you have to make a different choice and you have to find tools to help you to make that different choice. Some of those tools are going to be to take care of your nervous system, take care of your body, connect with your breath. It might look like meditation, like massage, whatever it is. But those are some tools that will help you not self-sabotage. And then it's awareness, it's presence, and it's making choices that demand courage. All right, Oof. that was a lot in a short amount of time. Now, hopefully this is helpful. And as I said before, if you want more, join us in the challenge. We're going to really go much deeper in this. You'll have a workbook to 
write all your reflections down. We'll share in a community so you can see what other people are also going through and how their question might help you figure things out as well. So if you want to be walked through step-by-step, come to the program and I'll write in the show notes little things to remind you like of what I've talked about today, like the biggest takeaways as I always do and that might help you. If you're a Patreon member on Patreon, you have a mini version of the workbook that you can do for one aspect of your life as a exclusive content. So you can go and use that. If you have any questions about the program or about anything I've said in this episode, please write a comment, leave a review, and um, I'll get to you or email me or come visit me on my website, ericabelanger.com. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen. Come connect with us on Instagram at On and Off Your Mind Podcast as we revisit every single episode since the beginning, so over three years ago now. And visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat if you want to become a premium member and get your hands on all the exclusive content, give back to the community, or get the workbook to follow with this episode. Check out the show notes to find more info about me and my top five biggest takeaways from this episode. And before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to Alexander Saba, working in the background, creating the music, editing, and mastering this podcast. Once again, thank you for listening in. Until next time.